On this week's podcast, we are talking values, identity, and code with the mayhem mindset man himself, Jim Hensel. What's up, competitors, and welcome back to the Compete Everyday Podcast. My name is Jake Thompson, your Chief Encouragement Officer and host here at the Compete Everyday Podcast each and every week. And this week, you are in for a treat as we welcome the very man behind the mayhem mindset, Jim Hensel. We get into Jim's background and story, how he took his victim mentality went through some things in his life, and ultimately came out of it with a victor mindset. The the core behind the Mayhem Mindset programming he teaches around identity, code, and values. Things that each and every one of us need, yet so many of us rarely take the time to identify those things, to build them into the essence of who we are and perhaps who we want to be. If you are listening to this on September 2nd as we drop this brand new episode, do me a favor and jump on over to CompeteEveryday.com because we just released a number of new items, two brand new releases, including something to prove, and my personal favorite, the CEO of hard work. That's right. If you are someone who is the person putting in that hard work, the person putting forth the effort each and every day to reach your goals, to build your best life, to build your best relationships, to create the future you desire for your life, your family, your friends, then this shirt is for you. Be the CEO of hard work. Show others, all those people that are complaining, crying, not doing anything with their life, yet complaining that they don't have the results that they crave. If you're the person showing them this is what it looks like to put the work in, this is what it looks like to embrace the process, this is what it looks like to show up each and every day, put forth your best effort, do the hard work, and then you can seize the victories down the road because you earn those successes. They are not given to you. You go out and grab them. If that is you, head on over to competeeveryday.com, use the code podcast, and get yourself 15% off our brand new shirt, the CEO of Hard Work. Or perhaps the other one, something to prove is where you are. You've got a focus, you've got something to prove, maybe something to prove some friends and family right, the people that bet on you. The people that are encouraging you, that believe in you, you've got something to prove because you want to prove them right. You want to prove yourself right. You want to go claim that success that seems so elusive to so many, but for you, it's just only inevitable. So head on over to competeeveryday.com. That is the easiest way to support the show. Use code podcast at checkout and you'll get 15% off that order. One other bit of news before we jump into the show and welcome Jim in is, hey, I want you to head over to thedailycompetitor.com. That's thedailycompetitor.com. You can sign up today to get free resources. That's right, a short one paragraph, three to five sentences sent to your inbox each and every morning to help you set the intention for the day, to set the right mindset for the day, to show up and compete that day. Each and every day, I'm writing just a quick story, a quick thought, something to get you out the door, something to maybe pat you on the back, encourage you, and on some days, to put a foot on your butt, to kick you into gear and get you going so that you compete. On the days when you're motivated, that's when it's easy. But on the days that you're not, the ways that you continue to show up, that's what it means to be a champion. 
And so the Daily Competitor is going to be releasing later this month, later in September, but you can go ahead and get signed up today to be on that free email list, to start every day with intention, to start building that competitor mindset each and every day free of charge. All it takes is just a couple of minutes of time to read and then the intentionality to apply what's in that email each and every day. So head on over to thedailycompetitor.com, get signed up, and start building that competitor mindset to show up, compete every day, and go grab the successes you want. But now, now's when the fun begins, ladies and gentlemen. Now's when the fun kicks off Competitor Nation as we welcome to the show the man behind Mayhem Mindset, Jim Hensel. Jim, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. How are you today? Outstanding. I really appreciate you having me. Man, I'm looking forward to this. Had the chance to follow some of your work online. Uh, learned about you through the CrossFit community. Uh, and, and you're ever just continually growing work and brand in that space. Uh, and then having a chance to see some of your interviews with mutual friends and with other connections. So uh, our listeners are in for a treat today. Before we dive into the backstory, give us a quick snapshot of you, life today, and mayhem mindset. You know what? I'm like I'm, I'm like living the dream. It's like winning the lottery. Um, I feel like sometimes I've lived two lives. Um, everything that I know and I believe and I talk about, I didn't learn it in a book. I I really did learn it the hard way. I think one of my friends said that I'm the stupidest smart guy ever to walk the face of the planet. So like I really did for 25 or 26 years, just really screw it all up. And, um, and then the things I'm talking about or that I believe right now were the things that I actually did to get my life on track. Um, and I'm really blessed to, to have landed in Cookville, Tennessee and, and, and grown a relationship with Rich Froning and, and I get to hang out with a bunch of really cool people. I get to work out, which I'm not very good at it, but I love to try. And, um, and then, you know, be in a position to be able to talk to people and encourage people and challenge people about their values and who they are and work on identity things. So I'm, you know, I'm a lucky dude. I, I love that, man. I love that. One of the things I want to ask you that reminded me of with you sharing the way you did is a lot of people that work in that values, mindset, purpose space, a lot of them come from very educational backgrounds in terms of they went and got a, a sports psychology master's or degrees or, or they've gone through this certification or that certification program. And a lot of your story, at least learning about you, has been like you shared. It's been through that school of hard knocks. You've done things wrong. You've learned things. You've figured out what's worked for you, what hasn't. Have you ever had to deal with, say, imposter syndrome going through that, going through this developing mayhem mindset of like, I don't have those same certs that other people do, or I don't have some of that same journey that a lot of times we get caught up in this idea that it has to look exactly like everyone else. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, my dad, my dad was a good man, but he was a house painter. And so I grew up painting houses and I hated every minute of that. And uh, I almost swore right there. I don't know what your podcast is or what I can say or can't say, but anything you want, uh, bring it. <laughs> I, I, I hated every effing minute of that. And when I left to go to college, I was going to the university of Colorado to be a football player. And I, I remember being a disrespectful moron and looking back at my dad and 
the last thing I said to him before I got in the car was I'll never paint another effing thing again, you know? And, and life kind of goes full circle and I find myself in a position, you know, trying to define myself. And the bottom line is I, I went back to being a painter. I had two little girls who were three and five and my wife had left and I was like, crap, what can I do? I'll, I can paint houses. So fast forward 20 years later, part of what I'm doing is now, um, in the curriculum at Middle Tennessee State University in their psychology department. And I, and I, and I've got this really amazing wife and she's got a great sense of humor and, and we're, and she's, she's aggressive and she's funny and I love her to death. And sometimes she can hit you right below the belt for fun. And we do that. It, <laughs> good yeah, good wife can. I'm, I mean, it's fun. It's fun. So I'm sitting around the table as they're introducing the part of, part of my process. that's now going to be a part of, you know, the curriculum at the university and there's this little book we've written and you know it's a it's a pretty cool moment for yeah. me you know um i've got a bachelor's degree that's about it and um and it's all phd guys around the table and the president of the university and, and i'm i'm sitting there and i'm i have to remind myself who i am and what my identity is and and i talk a lot about if if we if we strip everything who the hell are you you got to know who you are in opportunity or in adversity. And I'm feeling pretty good in that moment though. I'm like, holy crap, this is actually happening. And I start to stand up and, and my wife kind of pats me on my butt, like, hey, and she kind of, you know, come here, come here, come down a little bit. And I bend over and she goes, just don't forget you're an effing painter. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is where you came from, dude. And don't forget, you know? And so I have made like a really conscious decision. I, I could have gone back to school and I've even been given some opportunities to come run some things and, and work on degrees and do some of those things. And, and I really wanted to, there's nothing wrong with that. And I have a lot of friends who work hard at that and who are degreed and people that I trust. And there's, there's a hundred percent value in that. So I'm not, I'm not down on any of that, but for me, I just like the idea that I was just a dude and, and that it's pretty raw and I'm going to stumble over my words and I'm not the best speaker. And, um, I've learned some of the science since then. I've kind of worked backwards to psychology and, and, and the physiology of who we are, and I've placed it together. But I started this process by just chasing my heart. I just, I literally did what my heart said it needed to do. That was it. What the hells are wrong with you? Where are the holes in your heart? How are you going to fix that? Um, and, and what I do is a little bit different. I hate kind of that we have to connect mindset to it because it puts me in a category maybe sometimes I don't belong in because it's I'm not a raw raw motivational guy and that's not what I do I don't do any of that it it man mindset is a process for somebody it's just hurdles to jump and it was the hurdles that I jumped and it started working for other people I started helping people out just here's how you figure out a little bit about your purpose here's the things I did to get my core values organized and make them work and ride in into a mission statement so I don't know man I'm just a dude. I don't know. I, I love, well, and I love the fact that you hit the nail on the head of the raw, raw, because a lot of times the raw, raw lacks the substance for change. It lacks the stories. It lacks the application to create the change and motivation is going to last so long and it, you're going to walk out the door. And if you don't have that pumped up music, if you don't have that, you know, adrenaline spike, are you still going to do the work? You can do the work you don't want it, the days you don't want to do the work. And so that's what I really appreciate about your work and what you do is because it's not, I'm just not here to motivate you. I'm, I'm here to help you change your life, how you see yourself, how you see the world. And so I want to go back a little bit 
could you share it about kind of that rock bottom? This is where I started crawling out. And a lot of times we get into these spots where we just maintain this victim mentality of like, everything's happening to me. I'm out of control. I can't do anything about it. But for some reason, you in this moment, you started piecing pieces together for your purpose, for your vision. Can you take us back to that point and talk a little bit about the starting ground for this for you? I had this, I had this uncle that I really respected. Um, my dad and I never really got along. He's a good dude. Um, he's a good man, but we never, we were so different in, in who we were and how we responded. And we just couldn't really ever connect, honestly. And it, it took, you know, into my adult years to really work on that and get that squared away. Wasn't a bad guy. He just didn't, he didn't connect with me. And I, he just didn't, he didn't pass some of the things that I needed to, you know, to live. Uh, I had an uncle, however, who was kind of like my dad. Um, and this was a guy I could really connect with. And um, my wife is leaving me and and I've got two little girls and and she's literally this is this is somebody that I had kind of known since I was seven and always dated so we had you know we had always been together and she's she's cheated and she's leaving and so I'm in this super dark place and uh, I've got these two little girls that are three and five and I was was riding with Uncle Jim in the car in his car one day we were going to the store or something and I was complaining I was bitching and moaning and complaining and it's this fault and that fault and who did and this did and Uncle Jim was like a he's an engineer kind of had a pot belly um not a you know soft-spoken guy and I'll never forget all of a sudden he slams his hand down on the dash of the car and he's shaking with this intensity I've never seen from him and he just said when are you going to accept responsibility for your life it's time to you accept responsibility for your own life you got to stop blaming your dad, blaming your wife, and blaming everybody, and you got to figure this out. So it really arrested me, and it, it caused me to, you know, really kind of probably for the first time go, oh, oh okay, I think he's probably right, you know? Like, um, the only way out of this is, is for me to come forward and figure it out. And so I go home that evening, and I put the girls to sleep, and this is this is way back in the day now you got to remember this is i'm 51 so this is vhs tapes days but <laughs> I, I pulled out the movie gladiator and um have you seen gladiator oh, so you know great okay. it was just on the other night i was laughing with um i don't know if you know chase ingram uh with yeah. crossfit yeah so chase yeah. had posted about it and we were laughing it started at like 11 o'clock a brand new one and we're like well you got to stay up and watch it now like you're in <laughs> That's exactly right, man. So I popped Gladiator in, and it just so happens that where the videotape was was the scene where Maximus is fighting as the Gladiator. You know, his his wife's yep. been murdered, his son's been killed, and and Caesar's son has murdered him. And then they're standing face to face on the Colosseum, and the, and the young Caesar's asking Maximus, "Hey, who are you?" You know, and he wants him to take off the helmet and reveal himself. And Maximus does. He flips off his helmet. And in that moment, he says, you know, the, the classic line, my name is Maximus Aurelius Decimus, General of the Felix Legions, father to a murdered son. And he goes to this whole thing. And in this moment, I'm listening to what he says. And I hear him say, this is who I am, purpose. This is what I believe. And then this is what I'm going to do. And and I had just from the movie, a moment of resolution in my life. And I said, well, I, I don't really know what to do. Honestly, what, what the realization was, I didn't own any of my values. They weren't mine. It wasn't authentic. I didn't really believe in anything, honestly. I hadn't really faced 
adversity like what I was facing and what I believed in was maybe some pastors or my dad's or somebody else, but it wasn't mine. And I was scrambling for what to do next. And, and I found myself in a space where I just really, honestly, I was clinically depressed. And when I heard Maximus say this, I said, well, then this is what I have to do. I'm a journalism major. I'm a writer. I'm going to do what it takes to define myself. And I don't give one effing care about what another person on the planet says. I'm not reading one damn book on it. I'm not listening to anybody else. I'm not doing any of that. I'm figuring this shit out for myself, and I'm going to get it nailed down, and I'm going to own it. And that was really the motivation. And so I did. I just put up blinders, and he said, Maximus said, this is who I am, so that's got to be purpose. He said, this is what I believe, so i got to figure out what the hell I believe, and it's got to represent me in a true, authentic way so that it's mine and I can use it. And then I got to hold myself accountable with some sort of mission statement. So it took about six months and I just started following my heart. What are my strongest beliefs? It, it's crazy because it's just true. Values matter because every one of us as a mature adult is trying to make our choices and decisions based on our strongest beliefs. It's just true. We're all doing it. Yep. But I just hadn't done the work to really understand what that meant in my life. So I, I did. I ended up with, with, and then I called it the strength and honor code after the movie. And I had a buddy of mine who was an artist draw me a big crest and I tattooed it on my arm and, and I could do it in like 30 seconds or less. So I could say something that was really powerful to me, wouldn't really mean anything to you, but it was really powerful to me and I could define myself. And, and then the commitment was I will never again face a situation in my life where at least I'm not talking about winning or losing. I'm talking about at least I know who the hell I am and it was mine and I owned it. So that's what I did. I wrote it. I tapped it on my arm. Every choice and decision came through my code from that point forward. And my life straightened out. And that was really the genesis of the whole thing. Well, the, and the things that I love about that, especially for our listeners, is, is what you really emphasize at the end. It wasn't about winning and losing. It was about showing up in fullness with my values, showing up as who I am, giving my best with those values, making sure my actions are aligned, which is something we heavily preach over and over again at the show because you know you're not going to win every event but are you showing up are you living true to those values and who you are one of the things i'm interested about is is as this journey evolved for you at what point did you start sharing this with other people because people may ask you about like oh this is what i live by and, and a lot of times people just kind of catch it and go in conversation at which point was it like how did you do that and how can i do that how can i figure this out i'm lost yeah, well, I mean, it was, it's, a, it's kind of a crazy evolution. I, I have zero respect for people at this point, and I don't even want, I don't want to be in conversations really with people who don't have scars. So if you haven't screwed it up, I don't know how to relate to you. Yep. I'm sure you're perfect and whatever, but I just can't relate. <laughs> um, and then I don't have a whole lot of respect for people who haven't started from the ground floor. And so for me, I started living this in my own life and I had never even dreamed of talking to anybody else about it. Um, I, I, I grew up in a church world. Yep. And, and so one, one Sunday I was at church and, and I was, there was still a little bit of complaining bitch in me and a really good friend of mine who was, who was the children's pastor of this church. Um, it, this, the, her, her and her husband were great friends and mentors to me. I did a little bit of bitching and complaining to her and she finally, she even swore. She even swore in the church, which kind of freaked me out back in the day. She was like, I'm tired of listening to your shit. She's like, <laughs> I need a, I need a kindergarten teacher 
there are 40 kindergartners down there that need a teacher. You will be here on Sunday and you will be my kindergarten teacher. The only way out of this mess for you is to serve somebody else. You have to get outside of ego. You have to stop thinking about yourself. And if you want to get better, you want to get healed, you want to come forward in life, then you got to stop bitching and thinking about yourself. And so I started talking to kindergartners and I showed up to the kindergarten class and then genuinely put myself in a position to care about these little people and then do everything that I could for these little people to try to be a blessing in their life that day and, and then learn about their lives. And there were all kinds of crazy stories in the middle of those little kids. And I learned about their parents and all the struggles and the challenges. And I really began to really care about them. I did that for four years. And then I was a volunteer at a high school. Went back to my high school and, and, and I was doing this painting job so I could take care of the kids and I had started this company, but I hated every minute of that. And then I decided I was going to volunteer at the high school and, and coach football. And when I got there, I realized that I, I could be a better service to those kids talking about this idea of defining themselves than I could teaching tackling. And then it just really kind of grew from there. I ended up with kind of like, I kind of, I kind of built a framework for the lessons or what I call the challenges that I faced. And, and then I had a private practice out of Starbucks. And before you know it, I had, I'm, 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 I'm teaching this process to people and they were paying me. And then a buddy of mine that I played football with in college became the head football coach at the University of Northern Colorado. And he said, hey, man, let's come. Let's figure out how to do this for athletes and come be my player development coach. And so I, I, I got into the football world for 10 years and then got here to Cookville, Tennessee, and kind of wanted to start something on my own and get outside of football. And that, that put me in a, in a spot um, where I could start to grow it here. I love it. Uh, well, and a couple of questions on that, on that vein is, one, I would imagine one of the biggest challenges you see, I mean, I think about if I was working with somebody in you, like you when I was in high school or college, is this identity, especially in sports. Because sports ends for all of us sometimes sooner than we expect, and, and it's never a pretty breakup. And who we are suddenly is lost. And I remember some of the hardest mental periods of my life right out of college, you're out on your own, you're not an athlete anymore, you might refer to yourself, but you're not playing a sport and you're just kind of lost because there's no, you have no clue who you are. And so for you, I would imagine that's one of the biggest challenges you would see with, with athletes, with individuals in sports today. It would, would you say that's right? Yeah, for sure. It's right. A lot of, a lot of my clients that are athletes, that's their problem, right? If, if, once again, this is one of those things that's really self-evident if we look at it, but then if we don't do the work, we're in trouble. If, if what you do, capital D-O, the job or the task, is what you decide is identity, and I, I take it away from you, then what you got? What are you left with? Uh, yeah. so, so mayhem mindset is literally, this process is about who you be, I break them up. It's really important to separate these two. B, capital B-E in my game is values, talents, and purpose. Capital D-O over here, that's the do, that's the job or the task. And, and so many people build their identity in the emotion or the job or the task. And then when it's interrupted or taken or gone, they don't know who they are. And that was the spot that I found myself in. So the game I want to play with people is I want to strip you. Literally, I want to take, if I could take everything, I take your wife from you, I take your house from you, I take whatever I can figuratively from you. 
in the end and expose you, leave you naked and alone figuratively, then what are you left with? That space right there, you got to fill that space. That's got to be identity and values. And we, COVID is a perfect example. I put so many people in the course over the past few months because so many people in our culture right now, because we live in a culture where we're pretty affluent, especially in yep. the West, and we don't really face the adversity that maybe generations before have, we're living off emotion and momentum. And when that's interrupted, people get jammed. You could literally live a whole entire life now or could have lived a whole entire, a, a privileged life. And I'm not down on it. I love everything that America has created for people. Um, and, and never once ever really think about this idea of values just because you can get your life headed in the right direction. And as long as it stays that way, you're okay. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think for sure, separating out, hey man, th that was my conversation with Rich Froning. You know, when we got to talk and, and he, he became a client of mine first before we were partners. And my question to him was, hey, man, does CrossFit define you? Who are you outside of CrossFit? And he happens to be a person who has some significant ideas and thoughts about that. And then he was able to, he was able to use the process to really kind of map out his future. You know, who am I outside of being an athlete? What does my wife and children mean to me? What, for him, what does his faith mean to him? What, what does business mean to him? and and really decide what identity and values are in that area i never i never taught rich Froning one thing about crossfit but he's world time champion multiple times over before i got here um but no i mean let's be better people first the holes in the game let's figure that out and that's usually that's usually if, if sports wise shoot man you want to get better at your sport especially if we're talking about elite athletes then the holes in your game are going to be who you are as a person we're going we're gonna to figure that out, and then we can go over here and do the right things athletically. So separating the task from identity is important. Well, and I, I love that, especially in the world of CrossFit. I know when I started doing it in 2010, it's that first competitive juice you've had since maybe you played athletics, and you would see a lot of it. And then all of a sudden, that whole identity issue you had in sports starts to rear its head again unless you're well-grounded in who you are as an individual, you get caught up in the scoreboard. You get caught up on the, the daily rankings versus showing up, doing the work, getting better, sticking to those core values. One of the other things I, I'm interested about and curious from your perspective, having been in, in the sports space, being very prevalent in the CrossFit space, one of the things that I see that I'm always struck by is how very much we get this growth mindset idea in fitness. We understand coming in, doing the work, eating well, we're going to get our gains, we're going to get our skills, but we fail to see that sometimes some of that similar work is beneficial in life. We, we fail to have that growth mindset outside, especially when talking about this, your values, your identity. How do you help people kind of connect the dots between what they're doing in a physical sense? That same method and process can work in the mental career growth standpoint too. Yeah, it's so huge. I think for me, honestly, it never ceases to blow my mind, you know, um, that, that we don't make that connection sometimes quicker, you know, and, and, and I, I honestly, I do understand it, but it still shocks me sometimes, you know, like for, for me, this idea of create a vision, we hear those terms all the time. How do you, how do you create a vision? And then 90% of the time you hear the, the next question the person asks 
is, well, where do you see yourself in 15 years or 10 years? Yep. And, and so we, we jump over all the foundational things that are necessary and we go right at goals, systems, habits, um, motivation, all of those things are important. But if you haven't done the work, the foundational work of identity and values, it's literally like building a house without a foundation, without pouring the concrete. If, if how to set goals and how to re-aim at goals, it has to come from a perspective of who you believe you are as a person, as an athlete, as a business person, and then what your strongest beliefs are. And those things have to be real and they have to live. So values to me have to represent your strengths, your weaknesses, and your ideals. They can't be just 10 freaking words you throw on the wall. Yep. And I see that all the time. I go into locker rooms where they just, everybody just thought there was 10 cool words, but they don't really mean anything. So they do spend all their time talking about goals or the correct system or how do we stay motivated. And what happens is all of that stuff ends up being it, it be more about momentum. So if I take all that away, you're in trouble. If, if emotion is not in the right space, you're still in trouble. Yep. So um, I 100% say all the time in everything that I'm doing, you want to be a better athlete, you want to be better at your office, you want to be better at your job, let's start with this idea of be a better person. Look, this is just true. If you don't know who you are as an individual, then there's no way that you're going to know how you fit in your family. There's no way you're going to know how you fit in your community. There's no way you're going to know how you fit on your team or your society. And so if we want to talk about growing culture or building culture, one of the keys is everybody has to have some idea about how they fit, what their role is, what their purpose is. And that's, I don't know, to me is fundamental and foundational. And we go running right past that a lot of time in our culture. We do. We absolutely do. Another thing that we run past a lot in our culture that I kind of want to wrap up some of the conversation with uh, is how we have conversations, especially when we have conversations with people that have disappointed us or people that maybe have a different opinion than us. One of the things I've heard you talk about uh, in previous interviews is the importance of approaching relationships with this idea of grace versus truth. And I think I, I phrase that correctly and how you show up to that conversation with that individual. Can you share a little bit about that approach? What's, what kind of led you to really take that approach with other people? Um, and then maybe encouragement for how others can start to implement it in their own conversations and relationships. Yeah, I think, I think I, I start with this. If it's not in language, it's not a tool. So if it's, if you haven't defined this idea of identity or values, if you don't really understand it and you can't articulate it, then it's not a tool you're going to be able to use. It's not yep. really authentic. And that's so basic. It almost sounds stupid to say, but yet so, so very important. Right. Um, and so as I went through this process of defining myself, I realized that, well, especially when I started to realize how the body works, that, that we're, we're going to feel first, that emotion is an important key in our life and, and it, it emotion connects us to people and and gives our life meaning and that's all extremely important um but our emotions are going to betray us and so I, I needed to figure out a way or a tool to help me keep my emotions under control so that, that i could get over into some critical thinking and i could make choices and decisions that were influenced by my emotions but yet i could also stop and think about it 
So I came up with fill, filter, think, flow. And this was this idea of, okay, I'm just going to slow myself down and this is the system I was going to use. Um, the difference between emotion and energy. Emotion, obviously connected to feelings. And for me in my game, energy is based on values. So regardless of what I'm feeling, I have to be able to generate energy and, and do something based on my values. Yep. So those were things that I really had to separate out. Grace versus truth was a mindset tool for me. It, 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 it just, it just kind of flows out of my nature or it's in my design or my purpose. The way I defined it was to challenge, exhort, and encourage. Um, and it didn't matter what my task was or my job was. I was always trying to coach somebody. I was always trying to encourage somebody. I was always trying to challenge somebody. And it didn't matter where I was. That's just kind of who, who I am and, and, and where my talents kind of are. Now, the trouble was early in life, I was always trying to tell somebody what they should do. And honestly, it just made me an asshole. It just, I, I, didn't, I didn't have a way or an understanding or any wisdom. I just would look at somebody and say, well, look, dumbass, if you just do it this way, we could get this fixed. Yep. And in general terms, I probably had some ideas that were correct. I just didn't know how to serve it up to people and or it wasn't my responsibility to do that. So as I began to grow, I decided that I was going to put, I, I, I saw this as a meter, actually, like grace on one side and the truth on the other. And then I defined them. Grace was, I got you. You're not accountable. I will carry you. 100% doing this for you. That's grace in my definition. Truth over here, you're 100% accountable. Like you must respond to me and you are accountable and you're required to give me the answer. And so I began to approach every situation understanding that in who I be, I'm supposed to challenge, exhort, and encourage. That's my responsibility. That's, that's who I was made to be. Well, what's my role here? Is this person need the truth for me right now? Are they ready to receive the truth? Because it doesn't really do a whole lot of good unless they're ready for it and they ask for it. Or is it my, my role or my responsibility to have to tell them the truth depending on you know, what I'm supposed to be doing in this scenario? And so every situation that I, that I began to approach as a leader, I began to try to take my ego out of it and my emotion out of it and make sure that I was there for the other person, not there for me. And that solved half my problems when it came time to communicate, you know, if my ego was out of it. And then what do they need from me? And sometimes, shoot, man, sometimes people just need you to grab them and pick them up and love them and carry them and just get it done for them. And I want to be that man. It's not natural for me usually to start there in my thinking process, but I created this grace versus tool, grace versus truth tool so that I could go there. Or maybe I need to be somewhere in the middle. And so there's not, there's not a significant conversation that, that I'm going to be in where I don't use that actual mindset tool for my life just to make sure I'm approaching this, you know, in a, in a space where I can do some good. Does that make yeah. sense? It does. No. And I, and I absolutely love it because too often we jump on one side or the other and that's the side we always go with. We're always all about the truth or all about grace. And, and rarely do we evaluate every situation for what does the other person versus what, what's in it for us and our letting our ego lead. Uh, so I really appreciate you sharing that and kind of the, the honesty behind it. I think it's incredibly valuable for our listeners. But speaking of the mindset tool, similar to that, you have an entire program on this teaching people your process. Tell us a little bit more about that and where they can find out and get signed up. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, 
mayhem mindset at no point in mayhem mindset do i tell anybody what to believe that 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 is not my concern at all my concern is to be able to provide a process for somebody to define themselves to get their core values organized to get them put into language to understand the emotions that are both positive and negative in their life and then to put that all into a into a code the, the idea is I mean, if I could turn the spotlight on you and I could make the whole world be quiet and I could, I could shine a spotlight on you and I could say, define yourself in 30 seconds or less, go. I want you to be able to do that. And I want all that language to be powerful and for it to represent your identity and your values so that you've got a fighting chance. I'm not guaranteeing anybody success. That's not what we're guaranteeing. I don't, I don't know. I say it like this. I want you to be 100% of the person you were created to be. I want you to, and, and, and I think that's something that changes every day, right? Yep. We're not always at 100%, but what can we do to get you in the big opportunities of life or in the tough times and you know who the hell you are and you got a fighting chance to come forward. So mindset, mayhem mindset, um, it's a 13 week process. I give you the challenges to kind of jump over and you create this language for your life and we help you organize that so when you're done, um, your values kind of come alive and they're force multipliers in your life. And so if somebody, somebody wants to do that, um, mayhemmindset.com is the place to be. I love it. I love it. And you, in addition to that, uh, you've got a ton of additional content. Your blog is fantastic. I actually enjoyed the one uh, the other day on perfection versus excellence. And so I want to yeah. encourage everyone to check out mayhemmindset.com. Uh, Jim, where's the best place for people to follow you online? Where are you most active on social media? Instagram, Jimmy underscore Hensel is the one place we're paying some attention. (laughs) Well, we will be linking to that in the show notes as well as Mayhem Mindset. Want to highly encourage all the listeners to check it out. If something today, Jim said, struck a chord with you, something of interest, want to highly encourage you to check out his course. Man, thanks for hanging out today. I appreciate it. Loved every minute of it. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with me or the show, email us at podcast at competeeveryday.com. To join our free Facebook community and get connected with other ambitious leaders working to win their work, their workouts, and their life, be sure to visit us at facebook.com slash groups slash compete every day. Until the next episode, keep competing every single day because your life is worth it.